welcome to a very special edition of MCU and Chill, where we will be discussing Marvel's most recent addition to the cinematic universe, Black Widow's standalone film, Wow. Um, I'm Kelly Sumilano, a highly exhausted toddler mom, writer of Fact 11. With me today are my lady co-hosts, Lisa K. Weber, highly medicated creative director of X Comics and artist of X11. Hey, Lisa. Hi. And of course, Claire Thorne, the highly caffeinated cross-stitcher and author of Geek's Guide to Cross-Stitch Journeys in Space. Hey, Claire. Hello, ladies. Oh my gosh. It's really exciting to be able to talk about this film, Just Us Girls. I mean, for a multitude of reasons but also because we don't have to worry about Justin and Philip hijacking it with a fight. <laughs> I think that it's important that that be said. Yes, I agree. I, agree. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about them fighting over, you know, women's issues. And I, I trust them to fight <laughs> the right, you know, for the right things. The, the, yeah. An honorable fight, but yes, exactly. <laughs> it is definitely good to be, I have waited for so long, right? We've waited for yeah. so long for this recognition of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, fem- the, the token female in the Avengers. Yes. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to flesh out her story um, yeah. and to sit and just talk about it with mm-hmm. two other ladies feels necessary. It Absolutely. feels like Absolutely. I've been waiting to do it for so long. And I find it interesting, and I don't know if y'all have had this experience, but sitting down and chatting about it with other folks, mainly of the dude variety, and seeing how there really are things that, and you know, we're, this is doing a ladies' night to discuss Black Widow. It's not at all in an effort to be divisive in any way. But I think it is interesting because there are things that I have shared that some of my male friends have been like, "Oh wow, I didn't notice that," mm-hmm. because of course, right? Oh, yeah. um, and I think that is a great place to start. This is a great segue to sort of our first discussion question, which is like just how long overdue it was. And I know we have a lot, we, we have lamented the fact that it took this long for us to have this movie, especially given um, where Natasha is in the timeline, mm-hmm. the time that this movie is coming out. Um, it was so satisfying in so many ways, but what were your thoughts about this fully female focused superhero story? Holy smokes. Um, I was so excited, like going into it, it was like, I always kind of try and keep this like cautious optimism for, (laughs) um, movies like this for, you know, when it's like, okay, it's like female superhero time. Um, but as we approached the release date of this, I just got more and more and more excited. And I was like, I don't think I have to be cautious. I think Mm. I can just really lean into being excited about how fucking good this is going to be. And oh man, it was so good. Like right from the beginning, like the whole opening sequence with them as kids and like establishing like how Natasha is even when she was like 11 or 12 or whatever. Um, And that entire sequence was just incredible. And then going into the opening credits with like, 
I get chills and I start crying just at the opening credits Mm because it's like with everything it's saying about trafficking and the way girls are treated across the world. And it's just like, oh my fucking God, it's doing it. (laughs) It's going there. And then it just did that for the rest of the movie. It was so fucking great. Um, God, it was really satisfying. And shout out to the, uh, what we like to call trailerized um, rendition of Smells Like Teen Spirit because that was- Chills. Claire. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I'm going to, we're going to be repeating all of these things about women and the the story about women Mm. through the rest of the podcast. For a brief moment, I'll just say that even when you strip all of those things away, Mm. the movie that is given to us is, is top quality MCU, right? It Mm -hmm. is, it is like, I got so many strong winter soldier vibes. Like they, Mm -hmm. they, from the very opening scenes of the movie and as you moved into like action sequences, it was all of that just very serious, hard hitting out, you know, things coming out of nowhere and feeling like a horror movie to some degree in the, you know, when when action sequences would start, it was, it was just so well done. It was the, the, the pacing and the plot and the, the script, everything about it just, moved you forward it and 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 slowed down exactly when you needed it to as well mm-hmm. um so it's you know we'll get to where we think this movie ranks in the mcu again later i'm sure mm. but but it is even without what we've been waiting for um as female fans of the mcu <laughs> it is it is absolutely a stellar just like yeah. in the top in the top ranking of of all of these movies mm-hmm. um, yep so yeah. good I had um I agree of course with everything and I have a feeling that throughout this we're going to spend a lot of time agreeing with each other yeah. um <laughs> seems <but> so <laughs> there was one thing that I that I really loved about this um is that I felt that we Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, was being treated exactly the same way that they would treat and have treated Captain America or the Winter Soldier or Iron Man. Like the same level of respect, the same capabilities and really like doing it on her own. Like, yes, she has a quote sidekick, if you could even say that because Yelena is a badass um, mm-hmm. But I loved that it was like, this was very much her driving the story. And not only that, we, she got to have all of the like outrageous, bombastic action mm-hmm. that, you know, most of the time we're always like, oh yeah. And this came up in a conversation I was having with a friend who was like, I mean, you know, talking about the sort of like science of how things fall out of the sky. And I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't do it for Captain America. You don't do it for Iron Man. No one sits there and questions the science when it's the main characters. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was like, actually, I, I completely disagree. I love that it was bombast in service yes. of the feminine characters instead of at the expense of them. Oh, right. 
That's Absolutely. Through all of these that. movies, we we beg for the science and the physics to be stretched <laughs> to the, you know, the furthest it can possibly be stretched so that we have these bigger than life characters. I I loved the moment, one of my favorite lines, I'm yeah. you know, watching it twice now, one of my favorite moments that I, I just love that they very purposefully paid attention to was Yelena um, mentioning when they're, you know, in the little, uh, uh, convenience store oh yeah she, she says something to the effect of of you know well you know what's it like being you know not being one of the big avengers one of mm. the, the big and that's not even a male female question and i mm. felt that for such a long time about the story that's been told of the avengers that that these two characters who are not superheroes or like you know filled with gamma radiation or whatever the whole you know what I mean <laughs> the, the, we have these two human non-powered characters who have learned skills who have skills that they are willing to bring to the table in situations where any any sane human would be like no this is this is for gods to take care of like there, mm -hmm. there are gods fighting here why would Natasha and Clint show up yeah. to this fight. And I've always felt the lack of their stories, their mm -hmm. standalone stories, because to me, they are bigger heroes by virtue of the fact they show up to, you know, and to fight aliens coming through a portal mm -hmm. with a handgun and a finite quiver full of arrows. It just, it's, they just don't, they, you don't even question that they're going to show up. They deserve mm -hmm. They deserve this story and and hawkeye you know i'm glad we'll be getting a series because mm -hmm. it they need to be considered just as big as yeah. you know the love of my life thor i no, <laughs> no shade on him yeah I, I agree. Agreed. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm super excited for the hawkeye show i think it's gonna be awesome oh, um totally. especially yeah. that we know yelena is going to be in that show Hey. Oh, yay. Oh, yeah. She's in, awesome. she's in the cast listing for that. Yeah. So oh, that's what I'm talking smart. about right there. Yeah, definitely more of her. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I just wanted to go back to what Kelly Sue was saying really quick about like watching this and like experiencing it in a way that, and like being able to watch it in this way that it's like, this is exactly how they would tell a Captain America story or. Mm -hmm whatever but they still but they don't just make her into a man they don't just make it a man's story they don't like they allow it to be a woman's story mm -hmm. and they allow it to be about motherhood and sisterhood and very much um which is very different than we than fatherhood and brotherhood it's just a different thing Completely. and so i i appreciate that they like made it an action movie that is also feminine. Yes, yeah. 100%. And that's such a great jumping off point to my <laughs> next question, Ooh. which is that one of my favorite aspects of this movie is that there is no romantic storyline at all. You know, I, a lot of the discourse, especially in the Twitter sphere and, you know, out there in the world, um, it compares sort of Black Widow to the movies that we got from Wonder Woman, because of course, you know, 
And it's like, that's something that we, that was very prevalent in the Wonder Woman stories was this, you know, romantic storyline. It was delightful. I loved it. Mm -hmm. But I really loved that that was not a part of the standalone movie. Um, Here, it was just about really the relationships between the family and between the sisters and between them and the widows, you know. So I would love to know your thoughts on this and how that landed for you. Or if you kind of were like, it would have been nice to have that. Um, I'm never anti a love story. I know a lot of people feel like, um, I know a lot of people feel ways about like when love stories pop up in non-romantic movies. (laughs) I don't, I don't always have a problem with it. Sometimes I do. Um, but most of the time I'm open to it because it's like, you know, I, I, I like romance. I like love and stuff (laughs) that being said it certainly had no place in this movie yeah well and I didn't even think about it Mm, it didn't even occur to me that I there was no need there whatsoever and I think it's partly because this movie is so personal it's a little everything about this movie is giving the audience the intimate personal relationship with Natasha that we've needed to have she's She's been this great character in all of the Avengers movies, but when you when you thought about her going off on her own and being outside of the movie storyline context, you kind of didn't know what to do with her, like in your mind, in your imagination. You just, I always just kind of like saw her sitting in a room by herself somewhere with nothing, you know, just nobody around her. And it was- Well, we got a little of that in the beginning where she's like yeah. quoting, um, moonwalk moonraker <laughs> she's watching yeah. moonraker and quoting along with it because she's watched it so many sure. times she, yeah so she it's clearly, like yeah I can see her doing that <laughs> yeah she clearly does do that but it is not a life that is devoid of connections because mm. we have this great you know f- she has this great friend who she clearly calls mm. and has a very healthy relationship with it's mm-hmm. not even depicted as one of those like she calls this guy and she takes advantage you know usually yeah. you get that like she's taking advantage of him and he's so put out by having to like show up and she's holding something over him it's no he's just they're just really good friends they have a really good business relationship that is is beneficial to both of them and they're comfortable with each other they joke they they clearly know each other right so it's Mm-hmm. having this little like insight into the fact that she is not a completely she's not a hermit she's not an emotional hermit mm-hmm. she does make connections with people she's not so damaged she's not this one note damaged character right she's got so much else going on mm-hmm. in her in her private life that's kept apart from all of the avenger stuff so so she's not completely defined by them she yeah. is her own person and that that to me was I I think filled in that romantic storyline because that's the the intimacy story that you want to have yeah Um, yes and it also it was funny like walking away from this from watching this movie it almost helped me understand and buy the love story that they built for Natasha and Bruce Banner even more Hmm. like seeing this I'm like I totally understand why she's like this is a person who can get me (laughs) you know (laughs) 
when she sees Bruce, like the connection that she has with Bruce, I totally, it, it gives so much weight to like the, the conversation that they have in Flint's farmhouse, for example, where I'm like, seeing all of this, I'm like, okay, we can get into this a little bit more because beforehand I was like, I mean, are we reaching you guys? <laughs> it just shows up out of, it's not I, that I dislike I that idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. It I just mean, shows up I, out of nowhere the way they it. do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I never particularly like, I never got on board with the Natasha Bruce Banner. Yeah. Love story. Like I felt nothing when they were doing that. Like I, I, I understood like they were, they were trying. Yeah. <laughs> I understood the effort, but that was just it. It felt like effort. Totally. And mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like you're working too hard to make this a thing. And totally. so it's hard to like get really wrapped up in it. Um, well, and it feels creepy in a way too. Yeah. When, they, when, mm-hmm. when anytime a, a love story is forced. contrived that way and forced, yeah. it, uh, it, it ends up, the lines of dialogue end up feeling creepy and not totally natural. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would have been interesting. What if we had had this movie before yeah. Age of Ultron? I mean, I get that the, the story fits in a different part of the timeline um, right but just in terms of, of fleshing out Natasha's character and knowing more about her um it, you know that might have it, it would have changed the way I think I I would have looked at her having a love story with anyone mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Avengers maybe completely well and it, it would change the way I mean I could never imagine watching this movie and then watching her like mix a drink at that party in Ultron. Ugh. Yeah. The you know being, what I mean? Yeah. Making yeah. her be flirty like yeah. that was just like, that is not Natasha. That have you, have you even talked to her once? I mean, Seriously. Yeah. I get that you're writing for her, but it, yeah, that or is not like her. Is she trying to like steal money from you right now? Because I would believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, um, it's almost like she was putting on her, her double agent face, you know, totally, like right. harken back to the role she was playing mm-hmm. in Iron Man 2, which is also not something I love that, mm-hmm. that she would, right. I, I don't think she, I don't, I don't want to see a woman playing a mm-hmm. double agent, mm-hmm. choosing to play a role that demeans her in order yeah. to be sneaky. In, why? She's, she, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like it. I totally agree. I think it is, there is a lot of this. It, it just makes the conversation about the arc of Natasha as a character so interesting. And it's why I love that this movie is happening now and that these conversations are even happening because that is one of the beautiful things about something like the MCU that is this gargantuan story, basically, mm-hmm. is we get to have these... Um, like foundational checkpoints for what was going on at certain times and like literally seeing ourselves evolve with these stories, which is. Well, and we're, and we're getting, we have such a rich story now Mm. of men, of women, of different, you know, ethnicities and, and all sorts of things going on. We have so many rich characters and we're getting ready to be pushed forward into this multiverse where we can take all of this stuff that has been so well established and has such a good foundation, even Mm. though some of it's come too late, right? Like 
Mm-hmm. We get that. It's been a little slow, but that's mm-hmm. okay. We're, mm-hmm. they're working on it. Yeah. Um, but they're getting ready to push it into this place where just anything is fucking possible. And it yeah. is going, I, I was on a panel talking about Loki, the TV series. And what? I did, I know I did that and it was great. And I thought of you a lot, Lisa. I'm so sorry. I cannot, yeah. is this the fan base press thing? Yeah, fan base oh, press feature. I and cannot, it was, I was waiting for an invitation to that. I cannot believe you guys yeah. did that. Well, I'm me. just going to put, I'm actually kind of mad. I'm sorry. I take, I take the full weight of that responsibility as well, because I just, yeah, I should know. I just can't even believe I wasn't on that panel. I'm going to plug it. So a travesty. People Let's should go and listen to it though, because on the panel were Susan and Tilly Bridges, of whom both of you are familiar. And yes. Tilly Bridges, in her delightful and lovely way, mm. pulled the thread of trans analogy out of mm. that series that is just mind blowing. It, is, oh it was delightful to talk about. It was just one of the aspects we talked about. Yeah. Anyway, I said that to say that I did coin the word and a bonkersness. This is, the, this is, this is the descriptor that we're going to be using for everything that happens in the MCU in phase four. It's just bonkersness. Yes. If it doesn't bring the bonkersness, you're then, out. yeah, you're out. There's just out. so much, there's so much possibility yes. around this character. And even right. to, you know, we have a character who, you know, that was one of the issues around this movie and the hesitancy that I think a lot of people felt was that, you know, here we have a character who has died Mm-hmm. and will die we know she's going to die mm-hmm. and how do you go back and tell this story in a way that was as engaging as they accomplished how yeah. it's just well and I mean I am I alone in like they've opened up the multiverse does that mean that Natasha can be seen again because everyone's like talking about how oh, this came too late. I can't believe this movie came out after, you know, like, why did this movie come out after Endgame? And now we can't get invested in her character in the same way because we know she died. But it's like, mm. we just saw the entire multiverse explode. Yeah. And so why are we thinking that we necessarily won't see her again? Why, why, is, why does this preclude us from getting invested in the character? I mean, even without the multiverse exploding, why, yeah. does, why does it preclude us from getting absorbed into her character as it's portrayed in this movie. And I find and, that argument like a little bit frustrating to hear. Cause yeah. I'm like, even, yeah. I mean, like even without the multiverse possibility of seeing her again, it's mm-hmm. like, we still have this. This is still like a great character study of her. Yeah. Even if it does come out after Endgame, <laughs> I think that it is entirely possible to see a lot of our favorites again, even if they have passed on mm-hmm. thanks to the multiverse. And even if they're just tangential, right? Like, even yeah. if you don't actually see Robert Downey Jr. or mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson show up on the screen exactly, right? It's, right. Their stories are still there yes it yeah it there's so there's so much possibility it's true there is so much possibility and i think that's a great time to take a break (laughs) um we always want to end our conversations on a high note and is there a higher note than possibility i don't think so so we're going to take a quick break and you are going to listen to some messages 
from <laughs> messengers. And delightful then messengers. Delightful messengers. Want to listen to them. That will bring the bonkersness. <laughs> um, hopefully. Um, no, they will. They totally will. Um, and come on back because we're going to dive into um, way more things like supporting cast and villains. You don't want to miss it. Come back. Welcome back. We are the ladies of MCU and Chill, and we are here talking about Black Widow and the awesomeness therein. Um, so we've talked about so much great stuff up until this point. A lot of it having to do with Natasha, just a lot of it, a lot of it celebrating our excitement around a Black Widow film. But let's talk about some of these supporting characters because wow. We have David Harbour as Red Guardian. We have Rachel Weiss as Melina. And of course, the MVP, Florence Pugh. Um, I mean, let's just dive in. So many of the MCU films include the presence of another Avenger often, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we don't have a whole lot of that here. It's really right. just, you know, a lot of these really new characters that are so much fun. So let's discuss. Oh my God. I like, I mean, who didn't like instantly fall in love with Yelena? Like, oh. I knew I was, I, I've, I've only seen Florence. I mean, Florence Pugh hasn't done that much. I've only seen her in Little Women and Midsummer, and I'm already mm -hmm. so completely in love with her. I just think she's one of the most talented actors out there mm -hmm. at the moment. Yeah, she's. Oh, and I saw her it. in Lady Macbeth as well. If you haven't seen Lady Macbeth, oh, oh my God, ooh. that's a movie and a half. She's yeah. phenomenal. Yes, um, I loved her as Yelena because, as someone who has a younger sister, <laughs> I was like, "You are nailing little sister vibes." Where I was thinking like... about you so I was thinking about you and Colby so much watching it. Oh my god! I was like, oh my god! I bet Kelly Sue loves this. A hundred percent. A hundred. Do both of you have siblings? Do both I have of you? Two, have I, I have two older brothers. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I don't and you have one sister, and I'm yeah. an only child. So yeah. a lot I of have... the sibling stuff for me feels very foreign. Yeah. Well, I can tell you as someone who has a younger sister, I have actually two younger sisters and a whole slew of younger female cousins, the vibe was so right on. Um, this whole, like, I mean, even the, the opening sequence with the sisters in the 90s, I was like, that was legitimately my experience where I'm the one who's sort of watching this sort of Tasmanian devil energy little person. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And that just carries us through our entire lives to this day. So to kind of see a little bit, like the banter between the two of them about the vest. Oh my God. It has so many pockets. Oh my gosh. And she's just like, you know what? Forget it. Like, I think it's cool. And I'm trying to do things that I think are cool. Well, yeah. And then, yeah. but then it's like, when Natasha's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. She's like, yes, thank I'll you. Do it. Yeah. Like still <laughs> wanting the older yeah. sister's approval. Right. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. And again, so much of Florence Pugh's performance is what made that. Yeah. Work. 
Well, oh, and yeah. I, I think we have to start by talking about the two young actors. A, the casting mm-hmm. for those two roles was spot on. You can't tell me that little girl was not Florence Pugh. Like that's not how she looked exactly when she was younger. Like you oh, could completely. just, and you could read Natasha. The the actress playing mm-hmm. um, Nat- young Natasha is um, Mila Jovovich and Paul yes, Anderson's yes. daughter. I yeah, had no her idea. Name. That makes I, sense. Wow. So but now I'm like, yes, of course. That's why mm-hmm. you look familiar to me. Yeah, and that's a, think about how tough it is to to cast a young Scarlett Johansson who we knew back in the day when she was doing Horse yes. Whisperer and blah 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 whatever else. Like we know yes. young ScarJo already, mm-hmm. and for this, you know, girl to come in and just really kind of nail her facial expressions, the way she held her lips, yep, was like, oh yeah, I see. There's Natasha. Mm-hmm. in there and then when they transition into adults how well both Scarlett Johansson and in particular Florence Pugh again because I just think she's given this this job to do in her performance in the first place they both embodied these hardened steely um tough women mm. who are serious and you know, not really inclined towards, you know, uh, you know, light and fluffy stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in, in, in particular, you see these younger characters in their faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way they're interacting with each other, Florence Pugh in particular could go from this just like very steely, I'm going to kick your ass right now to kind of a giggly young girl about something and just like just like from line to line and it was really really well done it just and and the the other thing I appreciated so much was exactly what you're describing this the the just absolute you don't even question it natural they just slip right back into being sisters and everything that they're doing is being sisters Mm -hmm. but that's being juxtaposed to the plot of the story, the theme of the story, which is them trying to figure out whether they're family or not. They're not, and insisting that they're not family for so much of the movie, even while their own interaction is betraying Mm -hmm. that assertion over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, and also in the like, yeah, in all the kind of like quiet actory moments that's definitely coming through but even in the big bombastic moments like Mm -hmm. when they first you know battle it out in Budapest (laughs) and (laughs) even that whole sequence of them just like you know even that was them falling back into their sisterhood like Mm -hmm. you know no, I'm not going to stop fighting until I know I can beat you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Know? Well, and, and, and also real. an expression and... of like, you freaking abandoned me. I feel mm-hmm. abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, that, yeah, it just, I'm almost wordless about it. It, it was so well yeah. done from just mm-hmm. the very moment they're on screen together yeah. all the way through to the end. Yeah. Yes. And also speaking on the family, I mean, we've touched (laughs) on, I know Lisa and I have had this conversation offline after we saw it, but um, a particular moment stands out for me in regards to the, how well they nail like family, even in the context of 
people that aren't actually blood related Mm -hmm. um, in the moment that David Harbour has with Yelena, that Red Mm -hmm. Guardian has with Yelena in the bedroom where she's discussing her struggle and he talks about how his dad peed on his hands. Oh my God. And she urinated. Like, he used the word urinated. Urinated. No, he said he like, he didn't even say that. He was like, he went to toilet. He was like, oh, he went to went toilet, toilet yeah. on my hands. Oh my God, That's what so he good. said. We're toilet. He's <laughs> yes. just like, right. And she's like, why are you telling me uh, this? Why are you and telling he goes, this? you know, fatherhood. And I was like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, lost it because mm-hmm. I was like that's exactly what it's like like talking yeah. to a dad as like, no. as a daughter who like who who has a dad and a stepdad that I have had you know those kinds of conversations with before mm-hmm. and both of them will be awkwardly inappropriate and I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, I'm doing my best. Yes. <laughs> you know? Well, and I think that's the, that is the thing that they nailed with his character is that he yeah. is, he is, this is a story about women and women's struggles and how they're not treated well in society. And mm-hmm. so you have a father figure who is the epitome of that, that male character who doesn't understand. He doesn't yep. quite understand. And he doesn't even know that he doesn't understand, right? Mm-hmm. But you know he's willing to learn it. Yes. You don't feel, there, there isn't the, the proactive antagonism of patriarchies, you know, totally right. coming forth. But he has been built on that and they don't shy mm-hmm. away from that. He, mm-hmm. he, he's In the so helicopter lovely. where he's like, oh, you can't hear me. My girls, my girls. And yes. they're like, oh my God, uh, we are not your girls. Are you on your period? Which was like, uh. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to slap you. But, but, it, but you know, <laughs> you know, he's going to better himself, right? Like you, yes. you understand yes. that there's a gulf and he's not behaving exactly the right mm-hmm. way, but his heart is right. And it is, yes. in, the, it is in a very good place. And yes. He mm-hmm. just needs to start listening. He need, and and he, he does. He he. The whole mm-hmm. sequence in the final climactic scene when they're in the, at the red room mm-hmm. cover thing, mm-hmm. and he keeps trying to have his monologue of Ugh. of of apology. Yes, <laughs> it never <laughs> happens. It just never works. It's always to himself. And it, yes, it says to me, yeah, you know. If you're a man, if you're out there and you feel like you've been less than what you should be mm. for the women around you, the first thing you should do is have that monologue with yourself. Completely. Keep having it with yourself for a while mm-hmm. and have it with us later yes. on after yes. you really understand it. Well, well and I liked that at the tail end, he still knew he wasn't ready because at the tail end, it's like, I think, I can't remember if it was Melina or who who kind of like gave him the platform at the Mm. very, very end when they're all standing there together in the aftermath. Mm. And he's like, and it's like, do you have something to say? And he's like, no, I would just mess it up. Like he's like, and that's growth too, that it's like, he knows he still isn't ready to like speak just yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, How did you feel about all that stuff, Kelly Sue? I felt, I mean, there was so much, about David Harbour's performance that I loved. 
there was so much that I appreciated about the way he was written. I loved that when we see him again in modern day, that he's this super badass um, sort of convict that is <laughs> the head of the jail yard and he's snapping necks and everything. And then from there, we see him as this super soft, kind of what we've been talking about, this man who knows that he could have done better, that he's trying to do better, that he genuinely cares for these girls. He genuinely cares for Melina. I mean, their interactions were hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and how it was just him kind of like taking his shot and missing every single time, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. trying to connect in these older ways. I love that there was a commentary about that where it's like, this is what he was conditioned to think is the way you do it. Mm-hmm. And now he's in this position where he's learning, like, now is not actually the time. And this, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be a father. You just have to listen, you know, like all right. of these, these ways that as women, of course, we know very well where it's like, no, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen. Or, you know what I mean? Like it now is really not the time for a romantic moment. Like read the room, um, <laughs> the, all of those things. And he's just so happy to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You're right. That's, I, I see that now, you know, even, even down to even down to him trying when he's put on the spot for his role in what has happened mm. to these girls mm. he keeps he initially starts to try to say well i also was a victim right like i was he betrayed me as well and it, it, it he gets shut down every time because it's not this all of this trauma what has happened is not about him he mm-hmm. he was in prison for years but it it's you know, he, his life wasn't stolen from him the way these girls' lives were stolen. Even you have to assume Melina um, back in the day. And mm-hmm. she gets to be that representation of the woman who is, has been damaging other women yeah, because mm-hmm. they're still, you know, controlled by and or participating in, you know, all of this mm-hmm. damage as well. It's so nuanced. Every character represents all of these different, really nuanced aspects of feminism and mm. what we've experienced. Yes. It, yeah. Even, and Taskmaster. I, oh. I just, yes. And this is a per, this is the perfect segue into <laughs> the conversation about the villains. Um, because the the side of quote evil in this movie struck me as very different than in a lot of the other films um because yes we have Drakov I mean definition of bad guy um like cartoon character bad guy yeah like cartoon Mm -hmm. like twirling the mustache bad guy definitely um master of course um but there were also very like the presence of these sort of um, energetic adversaries, the, the villain that is trauma, that is our lived experience of trauma, of sexism, of oppression. Um, so much of that stood out so much stronger to me that it almost made Drakov seem like, I mean, this is just a dude. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Um, that it felt so much like there were so many other things they were battling before they ever actually get to the battle with the big bad. Um, so how did you experience the, the struggles of all of the characters, our heroes, um, whether it's a person or it's this experience or circumstance? And it sounded like you were going there, Claire, with Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously part of the major theme with Natasha is telling the story about that red ledger, which can I, can I just pause for a moment and appreciate Alexi's line when he's initially reunited with the girls and he's extol, you know, he's complimenting them and extolling all of the wonderful things that they've done. And he gives them the compliment. You have so much red in your ledger. And he oh, yeah. he just thinks mm-hmm. this amazing thing that cracked me up, but yeah. I, the real villain in the room at the end, even though we have this guy monologuing, I, I, mm-hmm. I felt very much like you said that, that this villain is just a guy. He doesn't yeah. feel specific to me. And I think that that's good. It's very purposeful. That's mm-hmm. the way it should be. Um, he is extolling all of this power that he has, but that never really, we never see any examples of that. We never mm-hmm. see that isn't given any weight yeah. um, he's just a person who's horrible and mm-hmm. who has has used people as property um and it the real villain in that room i think is the shame that natasha mm-hmm. has been made to feel about being part of that mechanism feeling like she was part of the mechanism mm-hmm having to atone for that, even though she should be recognizing that she is a victim mm-hmm. and that getting out of that situation was messy and didn't go the way she wanted it to or would have done if she had had mm-hmm. agency at the time, mm-hmm. even. Um, and I think that's the real villain in the room is, is her having to overcome that sense of of shame mm. that she shouldn't be feeling mm-hmm. at, while at the same time acknowledging I've hurt this person. And I think we do that as women all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we don't treat each other well. We treat each other in ways that are, are, that we have been molded in because of a really horrible society that has taught us just ugly things. Mm-hmm. And really recognizing that, okay, we need to let go of the shame that that tries to lay on us all of the time, Mm -hmm. while at the same time acknowledging I've hurt this person specifically, I've hurt myself. Mm -hmm. And we can heal each other, but not have to live in shame over Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I rambled there a little bit. No, 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 no. But that's what I was feeling. Those are all the things yeah. I was feeling in that room. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, um, I, I agree with what you said about that. I think it works to have in this, in the const context of this particular movie. Um, I thought it worked to have a villain like Drakoff, who is not an iconic villain at all he's just gross like he's just Mm -hmm. really gross um Mm -hmm. i as as women i'm sure we're all pretty familiar with like the dude who comes in too close 
to mm-hmm. talk in your face and how yeah. just disgusting that feels. Yeah. Um, and oh man, he was really delivering that. I was just totally. like, ugh. I mean, um, kudos to Ray Winstone. He who is yeah, amazing. Yeah. He was amazing. Totally. And so yeah. many, so many I've heard again, reading reviews and from other folks that, um, his, his performance and his character was described as boring. And I was like, but exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, it's like, that's, that's kind of what the movie needed and particularly exactly. in that scene. Um, mm. The only real, like, and this is going to be more credit to Scarlett Johansson's, Johansson's acting skills here. Um, mm. In that scene, her only real shame emotion came from the revelation of who Taskmaster was. Right. Yeah. Everything else was fake because she yeah. was playing him to figure mm-hmm. out how to get, yes. the, how to access the information about who these other widows were mm-hmm. and like how to stop this from happening and to stall him for time while they took down the red room. And so, you know, we got, we obviously got the call back to Avengers when she did the same thing with Loki. And, um, Mm -hmm. I, um, I appreciate, I mean, like I appreciated so much and I kind of, I could feel it coming. That's Mm -hmm. like that kind of feeling that she was like putting a bit of a show on for this guy. Yeah. Um, Boy, you but felt what she felt for Taskmaster, like you're saying, the shame she felt about what had happened to Dracoff's daughter mm. um, was like, that was real. And I felt the reality of that, particularly when she frees her as she's like, mm-hmm. run as she's like escaping the destruction of the Red Room and she sees mm. her trapped in the cell and her, um, again, her performance as she's like leaning against the glass, like explaining like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to set you free and I know you're going to come after me, mm-hmm. um, but I can't leave you behind. Yeah. And it's the only so time... healing. <laughs> the yes. only time in that room with Dracov that you feel that Natasha is at risk is when Taskmaster shows up. And that's mm-hmm. the only time you honestly feel like, oh, I don't know what she's going to do right now. Is she going to fold? Like she, yeah. she could legitimately crumple at this moment. And, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> that totally. would be believable. Totally. Um, it was so many of the things that y'all have touched on are exactly how I felt. And this is one of the reasons why I, at this point, have given this movie the highest possible ranking. Um, <laughs> because I don't know that I've ever seen a mainstream movie like this. Certainly not a superhero movie. I mean, WandaVision comes close, but where they deal so strongly and in such an available way with the subject of trauma and the experience of that and what it does to your life and what it does to your relationships and how it's something that just like, I very much got the sense of like, the generational experience of this trauma when they're talking about all of the women that have gone through the Red Room. When Melina says, I've cycled through the Red Room four times before you were even born. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Where it's like such a perfect metaphor for the way that trauma is passed down in women's bodies generationally. Mm. I was so struck by that, especially coming from a background 
of that and of being raised by a woman with intense trauma and the ways that those things get passed down. And I was just truly blown away by how they were able to just present this in an allegorical way that wasn't necessarily like, I never felt like they were like beating us over the head with it or that it was very much like, look, we're talking about lady trauma. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. There was, it didn't feel that way. It was just like, oh, I, as a woman, I see what you're doing. I recognize this in my own life. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it wasn't so obscure on the other hand exactly. that you can't, you, that anybody should be able to just go, oh, okay. Yeah. This is what this movie is telling me. It, the, right. the, the subtext of this movie is not obscure in any way. No. It is not difficult to figure out. No, not at all. It's, it's definitely not overly subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Alexi, Alexi can even understand it. There Alexi's we go. little yeah. heart. God, I love Bless him. Heart. Um, but it was, it really was something that I was like, y'all could have really swung and missed on this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been so many films that have come out sort of addressing this where I'm just like, whoa, no, not the way, <laughs> not the way to do it, you know? Um, and it just was gorgeous. And I appreciated it so much and how it also didn't take away from the fact that there were so many funny moments. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah lightheartedness you know there's a there definitely is a rewatchability to this movie I think. oh god absolutely like uh, like Yelena has so many great lines oh, like yeah. obviously the whole call out of like you know why do the you pose. why do you do that thing with the pose and then <laughs> like I love 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 the prison breakout sequence when the oh, avalanche yeah. gets started and she's like this is a cool <laughs> way to die <laughs> I mean I mean, it's just so fantastic. And it's a total blast like that. Like there's so many sequences like that, that yeah, like you said, it, it adds to the rewatchability factor to be able to just kind of like pepper the heavy, serious moments and like the themes that are happening about, um, you know, the status of women in our Mm -hmm. current culture with like women being able to totally. make jokes like that and be 100%. totally fucking cool like that. <laughs> well, these action sequences, like the sequence where they're doing the jailbreak, I was like, this has the same feeling as like watching The Rock or Con Air. Where yes. Just like, this is just badass and yes. awesome and Claire bonkersness. Right. The whole situation yeah. with the jail and the avalanche. And I'm just like, dude, what is well and but but even the action sequence on the bridge when when natasha gets Mm -hmm. you know sideswiped and and that had that's such a serious and terrifying and they were using music that called you back to winter soldier again all of that winter soldier like creepy like dissonant stuff Mm -hmm. going on was being used for taskmaster as well i I love that there's this you know, they just kind of hinted at and showed you that she has this ability to mimic people when she mirrors Natasha in the pose, you know, when they mm-hmm. both land. <laughs> yes. it, it is, it, yeah, it was just really interesting and creepy and, and yeah. to find out that that's not a dude, right? Yeah. Like that's not a dude. It's not a mm-hmm. woman totally. against a dude. It's just, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all super satisfying. And I think I yeah. agree with Kelly Sue. I mean, we're clearly talking about rankings, you know, and what, where yeah. this movie falls in the MCU for me. Um, mm. I haven't actually put it in the number one slot and I understand why Kelly, Kelly Sue, I believe has put it in the number one slot. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's just difficult though, because honestly, like the top five mm-hmm. slots in the MCU are kind of all a number one slot to me. Like I don't yeah. differentiate very much between them. The only reason I don't give this movie the number one one slot is yeah. <laughs> I, I just think it's just scope of story. There are still movies that I think totally. tell such a bigger scope of story, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely one of the, the best. It is a number one movie. Well, and it's number yeah. it's number one, and and yes, we are going to transition to talking about rankings. <laughs> we do as part of MCU and chill. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is my number one at this juncture in our rewatch um, because I already know what is going to be my ultimate, right <laughs> for this exact reason that Claire's talking about this mm-hmm. this the scope of story mm-hmm. yeah that is that is possible in the re- in the remaining films of the MCU mm-hmm. well and differentiating this movie from the other best movies in the MCU can only oh, yeah. i think come down to purely subjective reasons 100% oh, yeah. i mean yeah. and as lisa has said a million times it is it is a scale of best to least best yeah yeah because there's a place in my heart for all of these movies 100 percent um even ultron except iron man (laughs) oh there's no place for iron man 2 in kelly sue's heart except iron man 3 there's no place Um, for iron man 3 in my heart wow you guys are savage it comforts me to know that it's in somebody else's heart (laughs) does that make sense it does absolutely um yeah i yeah, and I mean, like, I, I feel kind of the same way as we're kind of coming up on the end of our chronological rewatch and mm. the, the as all of our ranking slots are getting filled. It's like, really, it's not even just the top five, like, it's the top, like, seven or eight that are essentially all number one. Completely. <laughs> um, yes. And it is Agreed. just these teeny tiny little, like, like feelings and like you said Kelly Sue it's like how I feel today mm-hmm. um and a lot of this mm-hmm. and it's like it's fun to go through and like watch it this way and rank them this way mm-hmm. but I know that if I were if I do this again in like you know two or three years and rewatch them all my rankings will be totally different because yeah. I'm in a different place in my life and I'm looking for different things and I'm you know getting pinged by different things all the time um but we but- already know we already know that rewatching um, Endgame is going to be different because yeah. we've seen Black Widow now. It's going mm-hmm. to be a different experience mm-hmm. because we're going to have Yelena in our heads, right? Like we're yeah. going to, we're now going to be assessing that scene on Vormir in a way that we, because we know we're anticipating, which how fucking awesome is it going to be when she meets up with Hawkeye? I mean, oh, I holy cow, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, but, and not Very. just because of like, they're going to have a really great action scene together. It's going to mm-hmm. be amazing because they need to be together and they need to connect and yeah. tell each other's stories and, and, mm-hmm. and come to some sort of resolution about both of their roles in Natasha's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when that, after that happens in Hawkeye, which you, you know, it will, 
then we're going to go back and watch Endgame again, and it's mm-hmm. going to be a whole different experience. Well, Endgame is going to be this forever changing experience for all of us because we're also going into Endgame having seen Loki. Mm-hmm. And having seen WandaVision. And having seen WandaVision. And oh, then yeah. we're going to go back. plays into the rewatch of Endgame. All of oh. these things do. All yeah. of it. And yeah. then you know, once be- we go into Doctor Strange, the uh, multiverse of madness, madness, there's going to be tons of callbacks to this. Oh my God. Film. You know, like, yeah, you're right on Claire is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And cause it's like when we started this chronicle chronological rewatch, none of the TV shows had happened yet. And mm-hmm. I was like out the gate, like not revealing this to anyone except for right now but I was like Endgame's gonna be pretty low for me I really I know the shock um I (laughs) first off I don't like endings (laughs) in general but um it's also like I don't know there were just a lot of there were so many endings in Endgame yeah and a lot of them I didn't care for Mm-hmm. And the fact that all of these shows have happened that have, and Black Widow has now happened to kind of reinform a lot of Endgame. I'm curious to see if I will like it better when we get to it. Ooh, um, I'm curious but too. I've only seen it the one time in the theater, and I was just kind of like, I also, at the time it came out, I was. I'm going to be honest here, a little bit exhausted with the MCU. Sure. I yeah. was like, I might, I don't know if I can carry over interest for much longer. Yeah. And so when I saw Endgame, I was like, okay, I don't necessarily need to like care so much about the MCU anymore. But mm-hmm. then they announced they were going to make a Loki TV show. And I was like, never mind. I'll totally watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, it's interesting. Um, the experience that you're speaking about, Lisa, this is a little bit of a departure from our conversation, but mm-hmm. um, I totally had MCU fatigue at that time. Um, yeah. It did not keep me from going to see the movie the day that it came out. Mm-hmm. Of course, naturally. Even though I was a hundred weeks pregnant. Um, <laughs> it's just ladies' night, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, our experience of uh, the MCU and even just of culture now is so different because before the movies would be coming out and we would be going to like massive nights and seeing them for the first time with Mm -hmm. hundreds of people. And this would be after being like just completely drowned in it all during the convention circuit. Mm -hmm. And by the time you actually see the movie, you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. They're heroes. I There's assume glory moments, yeah. you know, yeah. and we don't have that anymore. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that we all watched it at home on Disney Plus. Am yes. I correct? Black Widow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do, do you think you missed something not being in the theater with a bunch of other geeky women? Because that's, you know, we, we could have, it totally could have, yeah. should have maybe been that Wonder Woman movie going yeah. experience. Yes, mm-hmm. I think so. I think we totally, yeah. we totally missed that opportunity. To mm-hmm. be like, I'm in here with a bunch of my geeky ladies and we're feeling all- them recognize everything at the same time you're recognizing yeah. it, right? Oh, like, yeah. I, I think like, are we all widows? 
<laughs> exactly. Yes. You know, I would have, I would have loved that, but I mm-hmm. also, you know, I personally, for me, I loved being able to watch it and then like hit a pause and be like, Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I need mm-hmm. to just, I need a minute. Yeah. And it's like, that I think was it, awesome. Yeah. It totally works both ways that way yeah. in that it's like, you know, part of the fun of going to see these big like action movie moments Mm. in the theater is the communal experience because you do when you're sitting in there and everyone's kind of feeling the same way and excited the same way it Mm -hmm. really is like you you get swept up in it oh yeah you you know will graham style you start like (laughs) identifying (laughs) with the emotion of the room you know (laughs) well i would absolutely have a different ranking for infinity war both infinity war and endgame if i hadn't experienced them in the theater so uh, much of so much of my reaction and the indelible nature of those movies is comes down to the fact that walking out of Infinity War mm-hmm. with a bunch of people who just had the same experience with me, we all felt like we needed to go out in the parking lot and have a therapy session together. I've never <laughs> totally. experienced that in a, in a movie theater before mm-hmm. ever like yeah. that. And Endgame was the absolute opposite but equal reaction of just every single moment being so completely and just infused with satisfaction and fulfillment and completion it was just Mm -hmm. I've never had experiences like that I think that the only other movie where I had such a visceral experience in the theater was probably Schindler's List and I'm not making a comparison there like direct but it you know what I mean like I just the level of catharsis is similar. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and that is, I mean, can we even, is there even a way to sum up the MCU more better? <laughs> That's not right. Is there a better way to sum up the MCU? I mean, it really is like the full scope of all the feelings, all of the, all yeah. of the, you know, the full gamut of, of the human experience is laid out before us in, in this, like, it truly is like, it's like a cinematic event. I mean, I don't even know how to describe the MCU as a whole, you know, like nothing has existed before it. <laughs> Maybe nothing will exist yeah. after you know, yeah, I mean, it's, to it's think kind that it of could like, ever be done, you know? Yeah. It's, it feels to me like, I mean, you know, to talk about how MC, how MCU movies kind of fit into like the larger sphere of all of cinema, Yeah, <laughs> you know, there are going to be a lot of snobs out there that are like, Ooh, these movies are just dumb um because you know they're not black and white or in french or whatever and totally. um, and that's not to take away from black and white french movies they're fantastic Absolutely not. um they are but it's like i don't i don't believe in like poo-pooing any genre of movie like you can't you can't say you can't make a blanket statement like no that's not a worthwhile endeavor. It absolutely is. You can, and you can see it by how passionately people connect to it. Mm-hmm. And I think in the case of MCU, they're, they're giving us a new mythology. Yeah. You know, it's like 
people mm-hmm. have that kind of experience where it's like there are all these different stories with all these different gods, so to speak, gods and mortals. And like we're telling these big, giant mythological stories, basically, and just kind of putting the superhero, you know, yeah. veneer on them. But mm-hmm. they are telling these mythological tales that, mm-hmm. and mythology is designed to connect to people to relate to people in the specific experiences Mm -hmm. they're having in their lives yes they're in Mm -hmm. these like huge high stakes explosive situations but to us in our lives that's how some small moments can feel you know right well Um, and they never tell those big they've never established any of these characters that are you know, if you compare to Greek mythology, for instance, I think mm-hmm. they've never established these characters in a way that makes them still feel remote and mm-hmm. other than yes. us. It's, they always tell a personal story every always. time they, mm-hmm. they engage with the character. Yeah. Um, well, maybe not with Ronan. And, and have, <laughs> with so many villains there are a lot of bad there are a lot of like not yeah. worthwhile villains in here it's all right totally it's okay totally. but there was still a personal story being told uh, absolutely in every single one of these things and that's i think the bottom line on black widow for mm. me is that is this is not this is not an issues movie this isn't mm-hmm. a when we need to check the box on a yeah. story about the woman in our group. This right. is a really, really emotionally thought out personal story mm-hmm. that should connect for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I mean, bringing it back to why it's just us, the girls mm-hmm. of Popsicle talking mm-hmm. about this. I can't wait to talk about this with the guys, right? Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I really can't wait to do it. But it's so personal. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so personal yeah. to us. And I hope, I hope I'm trying now to think beyond being a woman, just a woman, I'm a white woman. You know, I want, I want this level of storytelling to connect with everyone mm-hmm. of all of everything of, yeah. of, of mm-hmm. every description you can think of. Mm-hmm. And it, I think coming in phase four, they have such I just feel the possibility of that. I feel yeah, yeah. that that's coming. It's yeah. just absolutely, absolutely true. And to to sort of wrap up all of these points, that the, these are stories about the humanness and being human in extraordinary circumstances, which is you know at the end of the day, the reason that any of us love the genres that we love, the reason that any of us love comics or fantasy or sci-fi. Um, and to Lisa's point about the MCU giving us a new mythology, um, it, it's so true. And it's exactly why Black Widow is so exciting because now we have the feminine representation of this mythical, you know, woman, person, God, what have you. And it is both stunning and kick-ass as fuck. <laughs> as Absolutely. Fuck. Um, and I think that we'll be talking about Black Widow for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, this was so much fun to get together and yes. just chat about it like girls. I know, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> like the nerds, the nerdy girls that we are. Um, we are so much. Such, 
so, so awesome. And this is sort of a special featurette within our, the larger context of our MCU and chill that we are doing with Popsicle, which is our podcast team. Um, you can find all of the episodes of MCU and chill on Spotify and you can subscribe to follow us there. You can also follow Popsicle at Popsicle Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We are also Popsicle Pod on Facebook. We have a website coming soon, which is popsiclepod.com. Mm-hmm. And it's all P-O-P-S-K-L pod, P-O-D. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we close up, let's talk about where you can find us. Lisa. You can find me um, on all of the social medias at Lcat Weber with one B. <laughs> and you can see all of her fantastic art, by the way. Oh, I have so yes. much fun making lots art of commentary on the MCU in Lisa's artwork that is bananas awesome. Where? <laughs> yes. Where can we find you? I am at Unexpected Hobby on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find my geeky cross stitch patterns in the um, in my Etsy store, Unexpected Hobby. Um, I was trying to think of what Avengers stuff I have there. I have a crossover between Galaxy Quest and the Avengers, which I think oh is my delightful. gosh, it's so incredible! Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. All of the cross stitch patterns are amazing. It actually I just you want to cross stitch, and I I actually have um, sewing class trauma, so oh. get into that. I but can I help you recover this- from that. This will be my dive back in yeah. because it's just, they're too cute. Um, cross infection. That is my goal in life. I love um, it. And also you can find my book, A Geek's Guide to Cross-Stitch Journeys in Space on the Fanbase Press website. Yeah. Um, go and check out all of those things because they are truly geeky and truly awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been your host, Kelly Sue Milano. You can find me at Kelly Sue Says on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow my single video on TikTok, I will never post another one. So if you're following me in the hopes that I'm going to post another TikTok, you can just hit the damn road. <laughs> it's okay. I'm on TikTok and I have absolutely zero videos. People I know keep following me and I'm like, don't, why are you following me? I'm, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I'm not I'm just there contribute. To, I'm just there to watch. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is recorded for the day that who knows, sometime down the road, I'm like, I just want to do TikTok now. I know. <laughs> We're going to be like, you said You said never. you'd never. And then I I've been keeping say, tabs on you. <laughs> Social media, get out of my face. Um, <laughs> anyway, this has been a Popsicle Pod production. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.